Ladies and gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Simon Head from Rochester in the UK, flying solo this week ahead of an absolutely huge weekend for UK mixed martial arts. Yes, UFC London is finally upon us. We have waited three long years for this, and finally, the event is gonna take place. Now, full disclosure, this was supposed to be me and Sandu, as per usual, some, some technical problems, uh, on my side on Monday, completely scuppered our regular recording and it has been pretty busy all week due to, uh, Sandu's actually over in the country, he's in London, I've met up with him for the first time in a couple of years which was great. He's working with BT Sport who are obviously the, the host broadcasters for UFC London here in the UK. He's absolutely up to his elbows with, with work on the social media side of things. I'm doing the day job from home. Dipping in and out, doing a little bit of UFC London work. I went up to London after I finished work yesterday. Went up to uh, the the sort of the, the tail end of media day and uh, got to see some of the old familiar faces. It was good to see so many familiar faces up there in London. And fight night is going to be an absolute banger. This fight card is stacked. And you look at some of these UFC fight night cards and they're very much geared towards their geographic location when they're traveling. This is very much the case for UFC London. Up until probably a little bit earlier today, we had 13 fights on this card. 11 of those fights had British involvement in them, including the main event, Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall, a huge fight for the heavyweight division and by far the biggest test of Tom Aspinall's UFC career. We will talk about that in a second. But before we move any further on, let's talk about a little bit of bad news. It looks as if Nathaniel Wood, the man who probably lives closer to the O2 than any other fighter on this fight card, he has been forced off the fight card. He was due to be facing Ludovic Shalinian originally, but due to everything that has been going on uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Shalinian was unable to get out of Ukraine and... Uh, obviously go through the appropriate level of training for the fight. So he was forced off the card. He was replaced by Vince Morales. But unfortunately, just last night, it was announced that Morales, I assume during the start of his weight cut, um, has been has been taken ill and has unfortunately not been able to, uh, to continue. So poor Nathaniel Wood is left without an opponent. Now, there is a very slim outside chance that we may still get a fight. Uh, Davy Grant, England's own Davy Grant, is already en route to London. He has his fight kit in his bag. He has put this on his Instagram story. He has offered to step in on just three days' notice, which is remarkable. Um, and it would be a, it would be a great thing indeed if the UFC were able to make that happen. It'd be great to see Davy Grant on the card. He's one of the most entertaining fighters to come out of the UK. Always delivers loads of action. He's a great fun fighter to watch. And obviously, it would be great for Nathaniel Wood because it means he keeps his place on the fight card. But right now, that's looking pretty unlikely. I know Nathaniel posted an Instagram uh, message a little bit earlier on today to uh, to say it looks like he's off the card, which would be a real shame given, given the build-up that this event has had and the fact that he is probably the closest man to the O2 Arena in terms of where he lives. So um, huge disappointment for him. And I hope that if he doesn't get to fight on this card, that they manage to book him up as soon as possible 
against a, a decent level of opponent so he can really start to get that momentum up and running again here in 2022. But with that said, and that move to one side for a second, let's take a look at this fight card. It is absolutely ramming. We'll go top to bottom. Heavyweights will main event at the O2 Arena. Alexander Volkov, long-time heavyweight contender, one of the most experienced guys in the UFC heavyweight division, a former Bellator heavyweight champion as well, taking on England's own Tom Aspinall. Aspinall, who freely admits he has no idea how he's going to react to walking out in front of 20,000 screaming English nutcases in the O2 Arena. The atmosphere is going to be insane on Saturday night. Trust me, the Brits always back their own. Always. It is an incredible atmosphere. But because we've not had so, you know, we've been without MMA for so long in this country, like for three years, I just think we're going to get something very, very special on Saturday night. And if we get a bit of momentum with the fight, you know, especially if the Brits start winning early on in the evening, we could be at fever pitch by the time Tom Aspinall makes his walk to the cage to an all-time classic. He's walking out to moving. Move on up by Curtis Mayfield, which is an absolute banger. So, uh, But that's a great fight, Volkov versus Aspinall. And do you know what? I think Tom Aspinall has what it takes to win this fight. I really, really do. His jiu-jitsu, we've only seen a little bit of it. We saw a tiny, tiny glimpse of it when he finished Andre Arlovsky. But let me tell you, he is legit on the ground. We also haven't seen that much of his boxing skill We've seen bits and pieces, but his fights haven't been that long so far. Tom Aspinall can stand and bang with the best of them. Uh, technically, he's excellent everywhere. And uh, I think he said in an interview with BT Sport this week, he thinks he's only shown like 10, 20% of his capabilities so far in his UFC career. And because his fights have been so short, there's not a hell of a lot of tape to go on for his opponents. Alexander Volkov, super experienced, loads of fights at the top level. There's a load of material there for Tom Aspinall to uh, to analyse with his team and spot the tendencies, find the holes in, in Volkov's game. There, there's not that much opportunity to do that with Tom because he just hasn't had that much cage time. The flip side of that is he hasn't had that much cage time. So, And he freely admits that there are a lot of unknowns going into this fight. He hasn't gone past the second round, but here he is in a five-round main event. So... Plus, he doesn't have the experience and he hasn't fought at this at this level yet. So lots of questions will be answered about just how good Tom Aspinall is. And I'll be honest with you, I think we're going to get to the end of the night and think, wow, that was the coming out party for Tom Aspinall. We have an, a legit heavyweight contender coming out of the UK. That is our main event on Saturday night. If it's possible for the main event to be overshadowed, then the co-main event has got all of the ingredients to do that. A featherweight barn burner is in prospect. Arnold Allen, eight-fight win streak, one of the most uh, underrated, if you like, because he, he doesn't make a lot of noise. He doesn't put himself out there in the media very much, but he is an absolute monster at 145 pounds. He's got one of the longest active win streaks in a division. He's welcoming Dan Hooker back to the featherweight division. Oh, my goodness. Dan Hooker. Lightweight contender, elite level operator, and a guy who has competed at 45 before is coming back down to 45 and he's going straight after Arnold Allen. And if he gets past Arnold Allen, obviously he takes all of that momentum away from the Brit. But if Allen beats Dan Hooker, 
you need to be putting that man in a title eliminator. And I think, to be honest, if Dan Hooker beats Arnold Allen, you need to be putting him in a title eliminator as well. He's right up there if he beats Arnold Allen. So stylistically, I think it's a great matchup. Hooker is a really, really accomplished fighter. He can do a little bit of everything and he can do it all well. And you've got Arnold Allen, who I think you'll struggle to find a stronger man at 145 pounds in the UFC than Arnold Allen. And uh, he's got good punch power. He's got solid wrestling. He's seasoned. He's been in there with a lot of experienced operators and he's in outstanding form. Plus, he's fighting at home and he will be super fired up to uh, to do the business. That is an outstanding matchup. And uh, Dan Hooker moving down to 45. Obviously, there will be question marks about how he, how he is after the weight cut. Will that weight cut go smoothly? I know during uh, media day, he was at pains to say this move was done in consultation with the UFC PI and their experts over there at the UFC PI with, with dietitians and uh, making sure that this made sense from a, from a physiological standpoint. This isn't a guy just looking to move down to benefit from a size advantage. This is a guy who's looking to move down to fight at a more optimal weight. So, you know, we've seen how he's done at 155. How will he do moving back down to 145 pounds against a super tough, super strong, in-form Arnold Allen. I'm really looking forward to that. That could be an absolutely brilliant matchup. But that's not all. This main card is absolutely stacked. Paddy the Baddy Pimblet is taking on Kazula Vargas. This is a fight that I think has been placed perfectly on the fight card for Paddy to really crank up the atmosphere. His walkouts are just the stuff of legend. He brings the energy all the time. And he is an exciting fighter. One of the reasons why he's an exciting fighter is because he does show some degree of vulnerability in his fights. You take a look at his his debut against Luigi Vendramini. He got clipped a couple of times in that fight. And he goes away and uh, eventually gets that knockout, wins the fight. And, uh, you know, the rocket boosters are on him right now. Kazula Vargas, I'm not convinced Kazula Vargas is a better fighter than the guy that Paddy Pimlet beat on his Octagon debut. Paddy Pimlet, I think, is going to go in there and put on a show for all the fans here in the UK. He always puts on a show anyway, win or lose. But he is he's someone who, whether you like the guy's personality or not, personally, I think he's great. I think he's he's authentically himself. Gets himself into trouble on social media once or twice, but I think his heart is in the right place. Absolutely. He's true to himself. He represents his city with a level of pride that is just off the charts. And he's got a city fully behind him, the city of Liverpool, of course. And uh, we have Molly McCann. He's also on this fight card as well. And uh, she gets the same amount of support. They both come out of the same gym. They train together. They're very close friends. And uh, their performances will be among the highlights, I would imagine, in terms of the atmosphere and crowd reaction on Saturday night. So Paddy Pimlet versus Kazula Vargas is third from the top of your fight card on Saturday night. We see the return of Gunnar Nelson. We haven't seen Gunnar Nelson in a while. He's back. He looks trim. He looks absolutely absolutely ripped and ready to go. I bumped into him uh, yesterday afternoon. He looks in great nick. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. He hasn't competed since a unanimous decision loss to Gilbert Burns back in September 2019. Prior to that, he lost a split decision to Leon Edwards in March 2019 in London. 
but we haven't seen Gunner since then. So it's been it's been a while. Basically, we haven't seen Gunner since the UFC's been in London. That's that's what we've vir- virtually the case. I think he had one fight after the London fight, he fought in Denmark. But since then, we haven't seen him. So good to see him back. He's back in action. He's on the main card against Takashi Sato. And uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. Takashi is a replacement for Claudio Hannibal Silva, who was supposed to be facing Gunner on this card, but uh, he unfortunately uh, injured his knee during training, so has been forced off the card. Uh, Takashi Sato stepping in um, earlier on this month. That'll be a decent matchup. Plenty of grappling you would expect. Less grappling in the women's flyweight matchup. Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. This should be a an absolute banger. Carolina loves to stand and trade herself. Um, her fights tend to go the distance, but she's been in the UFC for a little while now. She's picked up, she's picked up uh, three wins and one loss since uh, picking up a victory in the Contender Series, which eventually got her into the UFC. She started out um, way back in uh, 2015, her fight career, but uh, gets into the UFC in 2019. Beat Priscilla Cachoeira, lost out to Ariane Lipsky, and uh, has beaten Pollyanna Botello and Lupi Godinez. Good wins. Good wins indeed. She takes on Molly McCann, and Molly is all fired up and ready to go. She picked up a huge win against Ji Young Kim last time out in Las Vegas last September. That was a fight of the night performance, and that was a real back against the wall performance as well. She'd lost two straight. On the scorecards heading into that, she knew she needed to win. She put on arguably the best performance of her UFC career to win that fight. And now she's off and running. She's competing on home soil. And uh, just watch. Just watch the intensity that you're going to see from Molly McCann on Saturday night. She'll have to keep her emotions in check. She can sometimes get a little bit over-emotional heading into the cage, but that is her personality. That is that is how she she projects herself and how she really fires herself up. But uh, she'll bring plenty of energy to the cage on Saturday night. And opening up the main card should be an absolute banger. Why am I saying it's an absolute banger? Because it features the Black Country banger himself, Jai Herbert, former Cage Warriors lightweight champion, who takes on Ilya Tapuria in the opening main card bout of the night and my goodness me the UFC have given Jai Herbert since he joined the UFC an absolute murderer's row of opponents Francisco Trinaldo on his octagon debut Renato Moicano in his second fight and then Karma Worthy a bona fide finisher he lost a TKO to Francisco Trinaldo was doing very well in that fight and then got caught and finished then Renato Moicano Got, got well beaten, really. Got submitted by Maikano in the second round in that fight. And then he goes and finishes Karma Worthy with an absolutely brilliant finish uh, in Las Vegas in October last year. He's now off and running in the UFC, but no days off for Jaya Herbert. They've given him Ilya Tapuria, who is undefeated and in superb... Well, I mean, he obviously he's in superb form. The man's undefeated, but since he's joined the UFC... He beats Yusuf Zalal on, on debut and then knocks out Damon Jackson in the first round. Knocks out Ryan Hall in the first round. But it is worth noting not, that despite Ilya Tapuria's outstanding form, he has not been keeping the same level of company that Jai Herbert has been keeping. Even from Jai's Cage Warriors days, 
Jai's been fighting at a really, really high level against high-level opponents. And in the UFC, they have thrown him some absolute killers from, from the jump. And yeah, some of the results have not gone his way. But you take a look at the opponents that Tapuria has fought and the opponents that Jai Herbert has fought and how that would stand them in good stead heading into this. I think you would say that Jai Herbert has been in there with the tougher schedule, without a doubt. The question is, now he's got that win against Karma Worthy, can he now build on that momentum and hand Ilya Tapuria his first career loss? Because if he does, that is a real statement from the former Cage Warriors champion. That'll be an exciting fight. If that fight stays standing, put your money on Jai Herbert because he can really, really, really strike with accuracy, power and speed. He should have a slight height and reach advantage over Tapuria, who is moving up to lightweight after uh, competing at featherweight previously. But Tapuria is a pretty sizable lad anyway. Um, and of course, uh, if you've seen on social media this week, he had a bit of a confrontation with Paddy Pimlet during fight week. Tapuria of uh, Georgian descent. And uh, Paddy had said some uh, some ill-judged things on social media that he had since apologized for but the, there has been lingering issues from that there was a bit of a confrontation during fight week uh Tapuria tried to clap uh, to try to clip him around the ear Paddy Pimblett threw some hand sanitizer off 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 the side and uh, bounced it off his head so yeah a little bit of fight week drama it wouldn't be fight week without a little bit of drama would it but yeah that is your fight card for the main card the prelims are absolutely jammed as well Mike Grundy versus Maquan Amirkani if you like your grappling you're likely to see a bit in that matchup. Shamil Abdurakimov versus Sergei Pavlovich. Um, look out for Pavlovich. He is he looks like he could go go a reasonable way in that UFC heavyweight division. He's all action, he's heavy-handed. Uh, Abdurakimov, very durable, kind of plodding in his fight style. I think Pavlovich is just going to come at him like a bull out of a gate. And uh, that'll be interesting to watch. Light heavyweights, Nikita Krilov versus Paul Craig. Why this fight is not on the main card, I do not know, because this is an absolutely brilliant piece of matchmaking at 205. Both men eyeing the, the sharp end of that 205-pound division. Paul Craig in some decent form now. He's had uh, had a few ups and downs in his UFC career, um, but his last five fights, four wins and a draw. And that draw, he eventually turned into a win a bit further down the line against Shogun Hua. And he's a born finisher, absolute born finisher. He racks up performance of the night bonuses every other fight. Um, he finishes people either with uh, TKO or submission. His triangle chokes off his back are lethal. And uh, yeah, he's the only man to beat Magomed Ankalaev, which you see what he's doing right now at the 205 pound division. He took an absolute caning. Uh, Paul Craig did from Ankalaev in that fight. And it was right in front of me, the closing seconds of that fight. He managed to he managed to get the last second submission with a with a triangle armbar. Unbelievable performance. And um yeah, he's he's just good to watch. He's good to watch. He seems to be a lot more confident in himself. He seems like earlier on in his UFC career, he kind of felt like he was he was still finding his feet and he didn't know whether he really belonged at that high level. He's proved to himself that he belongs to that high level now. Uh, wins over Gadzimura, Dante Gulov, Marisha Shogunhua, and most recently, Jamal Hill. And again, I mentioned what Ankalaev is doing at 205. Look at what Jamal Hill's doing at 205. Paul Craig has wins over both of those guys. So this is someone who, if he gets another win, he's going to be right in there 
in the mix at 205. But Nikita Krilov is absolutely legit. Superb performer himself. Patchy form in the UFC, it has to be said. Uh, he's alternated wins and losses. Uh, but those losses have come against the very best of the best. He's lost to Jan Blahovic, Glover Teixeira, and Magomed Ankalaev. So it's not like he's getting smoked by anybody. And he has wins over Johnny Walker, over in St. Peru. And if you go back far enough, Fabio Maldonado. So this is this is what we're looking at. I think this is this is a really important fight for both men. For Krilov, it's an opportunity to really establish himself as a contender again. For Craig, it's an opportunity to really underline his credentials and uh, really make a make a real a real claim for a shot against one of the top three or four in the division. So big big fight, and that's why I'm so confused as to why that is placed so early on in the fight card. But there it is, middle of that prelim card. Also on that prelim card, Jack Shaw versus Timo Valiev. If you're talking technical ability, good form, and just high ceiling for, for athletes, both of these two guys are two of the best on the card. Jack Shaw, undefeated, former amateur world champion, has done absolutely superbly since moving to, uh, moving to the professional ranks. Former Cage Warriors champion, taking on Timur Valiev, who is a really, really high-level fighter coming out of Dagestan and uh, trains out of Tom's River, New Jersey as well. He has not lost a fight since 2016. He lost to Chris Gutierrez in World Series of Fighting, and that was a split decision. Prior to that, his only other loss was his professional debut back in 2010. That's the level of opponent we're talking about for Jack Shaw. This is a really, really big move up in class for him. If he goes through Timo Valiev, this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one. Question for Valiev. He has competed at featherweight mostly over the last few years. He's actually dropping back down to 135 pounds for the first time since 2016. Since 2016, 2017. So this is going to be an interesting one to see how he how he looks and when he's when he steps on the scale on the scale on Friday morning. Is he looking depleted? Is he looking a little bit iffy? And also, how does he look a little bit later in the day once he starts rehydrating? Because anybody who starts dropping back down in weight, there's always that slight question mark, that slight worry over just how they'll do on the scale and how they will react afterwards. But that is a superb matchup. And Jack Shaw is technically outstanding. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing just how well he does against someone like Valiev. More Welsh representation on the card. Corey McKenna against Elise Reed. This is our second fight of the evening. Women's strawweight fight. Look out for this fight. It might fly under the radar for some. This could deliver one of the most entertaining fights of the night on a card that is packed with entertaining matchups. This is maybe a sleeper for fight of the night because both of these ladies are absolutely all-action fighters. McKenna coming out of Team Alpha Male, training over there in, uh, in California these days. He's coming on leaps and bounds and looks at such a young age like a real prospect. You know, I think they're bringing her on gradually. Elise Reed, former CFFC champion. She's as tough as they come. Had a really tough debut in the UFC. I think this is the right level of matchup for Elise. I think it's the right level of matchup for Corey. I think it's a good piece of matchmaking and it's going to be a really exciting fight. It might, you know, a lot of women's fights, that's, you know, particularly at the, uh, the lower weight division, straw weight, a lot of them tend to go the distance. 
So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw 15 minutes of absolute back and forth action. But that'll be that'll be a good fight to follow uh, between two fighters who've picked up uh, picked up important wins outside of the UFC, earned their spot in the UFC, and are now looking to move up that women's 115 pound division. And the first bout on the fight card, given that we've lost Nathaniel Wood by the looks of it, Mohamed Makayev versus Cody Durden. Now, Mohamed Makayev is a remarkable story. Um, originally from Dagestan, uh, moved uh, moved to the UK with his father as a refugee. Uh, I think he was 12 years old when he when he came to the UK. And uh, so they started a new life for themselves in Wigan, which is uh, a town in the northwest of England, just outside sort of Manchester way, sort of up in that part of the world. And uh, because he wasn't able to compete in the Olympic sports, like wrestling, judo, things like that, he took up mixed martial arts and became the best amateur mixed martial artist on the planet, basically. He went to the IMAF World Championships. He won two world titles um, and uh, went undefeated. He's never lost a fight as an amateur. He's turned pro. He hasn't lost a fight as a professional. He competed for Brave Combat Federation for a while. Now he's with the UFC. This is his octagon debut. He's fighting on home soil. The day after he got signed by the UFC, he got his British citizenship. He got his British passport. And uh, a really, really remarkable turn of events for him. Uh, I'm so pleased for him. And uh, he gets he gets to fight under the British flag, representing Great Britain against Cody Durden. If you don't know Cody Durden, or maybe the name half rings a bell, Cody Durden is the fighter who, in his most recent UFC performance, took on uh, a Chinese fighter, uh, Ari Kileng, and uh, defeated him by unanimous decision and had some not too smart things to say on the microphone. Um, you know, some of his comments were construed as, as being as being racist. And uh, one of the people who called him out on those comments was Mohamed Makayev, who immediately called for a bout against Cody. And uh, the UFC booked the fight, and here we are. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup on that fight card. That will open the preliminary card on Saturday. It'll be Saturday afternoon UK time. It'll be nice and early in the morning, like 10 a.m. or something um, on the West Coast, I think. If I get that right, I think that's right. Um, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be an absolutely packed, packed arena. The atmosphere will be insane from the very start of the evening. And uh, yeah, the only slight disappointment is that Nathaniel Wood looks like he's not going to be on that fight card. But whoa, what a fight card we have. 12 fights now, 10 Brits on the card, uh, and the chance for four or five of them to really make a statement and put themselves toward the upper echelon of their respected divisions. Tom Aspinall at heavyweight, Arnold Allen at featherweight. There's a chance for Paddy Pimblett to move himself towards ranked opposition at 155 pounds. There's a chance for Molly McCann to put herself towards a top contender fight at 125 pounds. So there's, and there's Paul Craig who has the opportunity to potentially put himself in a top contender bout at 205 pounds. There is so much at stake for the British fighters on this card. There's a lot at stake for the overseas fighters on this card. Alexander Volkov wants to earn himself a title shot. 
Dan Hooker sees an opportunity to catapult himself into title contention at 145 pounds. There are an Ilya Tapuria has an undefeated record to protect as he looks to make a real statement of his own at 155 pounds. There are big, big matchups all over this fight card. It's going to be so much fun. And uh, hopefully I'll manage to sit down with Sandu at some point, either during fight night, after fight night, or at worst, we will get behind the microphone very early next week and we will do a deep dive recap of this fight card. This one's a little bit special for the Brit Pack to see so many British fighters on this card on home soil. As I've said far too many times on this podcast already, I can't stress how much the fans have been waiting for this. The very first big UFC show to be scrapped uh, was UFC London. That was that was the one that really kicked off our lockdown here in the UK. It was going to be that weekend, and I think it was like Thursday or Friday of fight week. It all got cancelled. Um, Cage Warriors managed to managed to move up to um, Manchester and get a behind closed door shows done on very very short notice, so that they could fulfil so that they could fulfil their fights. And Cage Warriors, by the way, are in action on Friday night. Get on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, Jordan Vucenic was going to be facing Paul Hughes in a featherweight title rematch. Unfortunately, Hughes uh, has sustained an injury and he's absolutely gutted and missing out on the chance to to compete for the title. Um, he's been replaced by James Hendon. And uh, that'll be a decent matchup. Some good fights on that card. Cage Warriors production is always outstanding. That's at the Indigo, which is also based in the same O2 complex, but it's a smaller, more intimate venue. Uh, lots of standing room for for fans. It's it's got a bit more of an old school uh, football match feel, where everyone's sort of standing there with a pint in their hands, uh, watching the fights, which is on like a raised a raised platform. Great, great place to hold fights, the Indigo, and uh, that'll be a good atmosphere as well. Great way to kick off fight weekend here in London. Cage Warriors one thirty four on Friday night on UFC Fight Pass, and then UFC London or UFC Fight Night 204, I think it is. Um, That is taking place, of course, on Saturday at the O2 Arena. So many good fights, such a a sense of anticipation heading into Saturday night. And uh, I can't wait to get back behind this microphone and tell you how it all went down on Saturday. I'm going to be there, whether I'll be cage side or backstage is to be determined. Hopefully I'll be uh, be cage side, depends how much room they've got. But uh, I know Sandu will be uh, will be backstage doing a lot of the socials, and uh, yeah, me and Sandu will be back behind the mic next week to recap everything. That's pretty much all we have on this edition of the Brit Pack. As we've been saying, we are very very close to launching a video version of this podcast, and uh, so the best thing you can do to help with that is to get yourself prepped, get yourself ready, get yourself subscribed to the Brit Packs YouTube channel. We put the shows up in audio-only format at the moment with just a little spinning logo, so you can still listen to the audio from that if you so wish. But get yourself subscribed, and then when we do go to video very, very shortly, then uh, you'll be all set to uh, to pick up the show every time we drop it on YouTube. Um, in the meantime, give us a rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I think you can even give like star ratings on uh, Spotify, whether it's just through the mobile app, I think it is, 
Uh, so you, that's something you could do for us as well. Um, and uh, spread the word on social media. If you enjoy listening to the show, let people know. Let people know that there's this podcast out there with a couple of Brits uh, just just chatting fights. And, uh, you know, it's 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 great fun. We've been doing it for years and we had a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, a hiatus for a few years. But uh, it works out great now. Sandu normally in Toronto, Canada, me here in the UK. It just works great. This week is a little bit special because we're both in the same area and uh, it's going to be it's going to be great to experience some fights together on Saturday night so uh, wherever you are in the world listening to this enjoy the fights this weekend they'll be much earlier in the day so hopefully that's more convenient for you I'll tell you it's a lot more convenient for us and uh, yeah enjoy the fights and we'll catch up with you again next week